Fact. Rumour. Scrutiny. Suggestion. The Huddle. Oh my gosh, hands up who wants Kitty Allen on The Huddle. That was a good time, wasn't it? But actually on The Huddle we've got Georgina Stiliano, Director of Government Relations Firm BRG and Sam Johnson, Social Entrepreneur. Hi, you two. Hi, Eva. Wow. I don't know, George. I mean... She would be great on the panel, on the huddle. Wouldn't she? Wouldn't <laughs> she? She so fun to listen to. <laughs> Goodness. And, and at a party. Hey, George, okay, what do you reckon? I mean, is this going to make a difference? I kind of feel for Kitty there. I mean, they're sort of damned if they do, damned if they don't. I mean, I agree with you, Heather. This probably has a slight incentivization towards getting in a stolen car. But the reality is someone who is driving badly or is going to flee police will do so no matter what car they're in. So I do think the tool's good. What I find more interesting is this is a clear attempt by a government under pressure to show, hey, we're able to quickly respond to emerging issues and trends, unlike what we did with Ramroad. Sam? I think it's um, almost too little too late, but it's, I'm pleased to see they're doing something. I don't know why they couldn't have done this a year Sam, ago. Sam, come on, don't say stuff like that. Why should they do so? If it has an unintended consequence that leads to the Toyota Yaris of your nana getting nicked, I, would you be happy that they did something? Well, uh, no, I'm happy, I'm, I'm happy they're doing it. I'm, my second point would be that they that if anyone involved in doing a ram raid or something like that or a, a car chase of a stolen car, their car should get um, confiscated, not the one that's stolen. Um, and I didn't hear that very clearly from her. If that was actually mm-hmm. the case, no, I don't know that that is the case because I'm not. I feel I'm not entirely sure, George, that they've thought this through once again. Well, Do you get that was, vibe? There was a line that really jumped out to me in the comms that they issued on this, talking about how there would be a clear appeal process um, written into this policy for the owners of stolen vehicles. To me, that sounds like an administrative cluster waiting to happen, and this could end up with people trying to having to fill out pieces of paper. I mean, surely there's a quick way of identifying who the true owner of a blimmin' car is. Mm. Oh, oh, Sam, can you imagine that? I mean, so imagine now you just had your car nicked and now you've got to go through all of this drama because the cops are confiscating or impounding your vehicle. Yeah, and you're stuck. I mean, that has a whole lot of unintended consequences, as you say, which you know, even if you're confiscating anyone's car, suddenly they can't get to work, then they lose the job, and then there's actually a whole raft of things that happen. So it's really hard to actually find a way through this. So I actually... I, I I genuinely hope this does something and they've managed to find a way through it because I don't know all the data and statistics uh, on who's, what's happening with the cars. I agree with your basic principle here that probably the, the, the car thefts will go up if, if there's a risk of your car getting impounded. Yeah. But it's, uh, this is not easy, and we have to do something. It's just <sighs> terrible. Well, yeah, we could we could chuck them for longer in the slammer, but the government doesn't want to put them in the slammer because it's not good. So anyway, listen, guys, we'll take a break. I want to come back and talk about, about Malachi Subesh and Kai, uh, to, uh, Oranga Tamariki and the CEO. We'll get to that in just a tick. With us is the huddle, Georgina Stiliano again, and Sam Johnson. Sam, on Malachi Subesh, I don't understand how we have a situation where Orang, where, where Oranga Tamariki has been warned five times by members of the family mm. and a correction staffer, and they do nothing. Do you? No, I don't. And I think what it, what it points to is huge systematic somehow failure within the interagencies, the way they speak to each other. And I think it's, it will it will be coming down to the way that their systems operate. And they're probably on the equivalent of Windows 1995, trying to fix complex problems with without um, any technology support that can support them in in, in an agency that's probably understaffed because mm. there's the number of social workers that are required. I mean, this is exceptionally challenging, and there's absolutely no. Use for, for this happening again. 
I don't know, George, what else, what you can change to make this work, because it is as simple as this, right? You need to warn Oranga Tamariki when you see that a kid is being abused, and then Oranga Tamariki needs to do something to save that child. They were warned, and they did nothing. What can you do to change that? Well, first, I find this a really difficult topic, Heather. It just something that makes me just want to cry. But the fact that the government is unsure about the collective responsibility in the form of the recommendation that there needs to be mandatory reporting makes me angrier than hell. In fact, we have horrific statistics. We kill our own children. We abuse and torture them. And it's a difficult conversation but a report, a bureaucratic review are just words. This is ambulance at the bottom of the cliff mm. stuff. We need to make every single person that turns a blind eye culpable. And it's not a good comparison, but when the legal profession in New Zealand was faced with the Me Too movement, that's what they changed. Every person has a duty to now report anything. The fact that Kelvin Davis talks about this could lead to an influx of reporting, basically too much paperwork to handle, makes me feel physically unwell. Like, that is not good enough. We are throwing so much money at other problems, but killing our own kids? Um, yeah, I, it makes me rage. rage. I, I find this really difficult to talk about. Yeah. The, the numbers will go up because they'll start, if we, if, uh, as I said, if they start reporting it more, the numbers will go but up. They should. Look they need to. But that, 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 that's right. And then, and then actually, you can look at the trends and try and think of what how it comes down. But I totally agree with you, Georgia. Just on, on this is a this is a societal issue on the way we're raising kids, the way we are thinking about yeah. our family structures. Uh, I've said this before on your show, Heather, that um, we, we're going through surrogacy yeah. at the moment, and we've had to do counselling, like seven lots of counselling with all these different people who are involved. And actually, it was the best thing pre-having a child. And, and straight people don't have to do that. Um, well, you can just have a kid, and, and uh, what once are they arrive? So actually, you can put some interventions in place pre-having kids um, that, and some sort of incentive to do it to make sure people are psychologically ready for what is about to hit them. And that may be why we, we're having such huge problems, because well, people are having kids yeah. without being prepared. Obviously they are, yeah. George, look, on the mandatory reporting thing, though, I'm not convinced that this is the answer, because mandatory reporting basically just requires all of us to tell Oranga Tamariki when a baby's being abused. But there was no lack of this information. They were told. I know. And look, I I have a mother-in-law who works for Oranga Tamariki. And every time I speak to her, I just get more and more disenfranchised with our whole system. Yeah. It is broken. No report or amount of recommendations is going to fix that. And it's a tragedy that this government, who has been pretty bold with some of its transformation and policy reforms, regardless of whether you like them or not, Heather, has been. I'm really disappointed that this hasn't been. I don't care about mortgage rates, GDP, productivity. It kind of all becomes meaningless when we kill our own kids and officials kind of let it happen. Mm. 
Sam, do we call for the CEO to resign or is that just the obvious knee-jerk thing to do and that yeah. doesn't solve anything? It's a knee-jerk thing to do. I don't think it will solve the, the fundamental issues you need in a big organisation like that for the chief executive to be in there long enough to actually drive some change through. So I'd give him a couple of years to make sure he actually gets there and drives drives the change through. It just Changing the person at the top doesn't necessarily change the systematic mm-hmm. structures that, that they have underneath them. Yeah. Guys, it's good to talk to you and Georgia. I understand why you're upset about it, mate. Georgina Stiliano, um, Director of Government Relations Firm BRG and Sam Johnson, Social Entrepreneur.